This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 3rd, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. One error of monetary policy and fiscal policy is to spend like mad and keep the money easy when the economy is booming. But knowing when to take away the monetary punch bowl is a matter of some dispute. I spoke with Harvard's Jeff Frankel about monetary and fiscal policy in difficult times. For those who haven't looked at a macro textbook in a long time, help us understand once again a certain how does how are certain policies cyclical or counter-cyclical or pro-cyclical and what does that mean so to say that something is cyclical is to say it goes up during the expansion or boom phase of the business cycle and then it goes down during the downturn or recession phase of the business cycle in the case of uh, government policies, such as fiscal policy, monetary policy, regulatory policy, to say it's pro-cyclical is to say that you give the economy an additional boost when it's going up anyway or when it's at the top, and you exaggerate the upswing. And then uh, when, it, when the economy turns and goes uh, into a downturn, into a recession, you, you adopt more contractionary monetary policies, fiscal policies, and regulatory policies, and you exaggerate the downswing which is clearly not what we want. All right. So in terms of smoothing the edges of economic cycles, what do we know works? Well, I mean, there, there, there always has been some controversy about the ability to get the timing right. So Keynes said that we should, John Maynard Keynes famously said that the boom is a time for austerity at the treasury and the, and the downturn is a time for easing. That's really what we think of as, as Keynesian policy. That became discredited to a certain extent because it's so hard to get the timing right uh, with lags and imperfections on the, the the ability of the policymakers to carry it out. And, and it's hard to tell when the boom is peaked? Yeah, that's that's certainly right. It's hard to tell when an when, uh, increase in growth is permanent versus temporary. And transmission channels differ? They take time. All that's true. And so those are all reasons to be humble and modest in our ability to do, you know, to 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 use fine-tuning, to use a pejorative word. But in my mind, that's no excuse for pro-cyclical policy. And I am concerned that uh, the U.S., and we're not the only country who who has fallen into this, uh, the U.S. government uh, has been following pro-cyclical policies, actually exaggerating uh, the the swings in the business cycle, exaggerating the amplitude, destabilizing the business cycle. So making monetary and fiscal policy work together... Uh, why do you argue for counter-cyclical monetary and fiscal policy? Counter-cyclical to the extent we can do it, but certainly not pro-cyclical. And uh, maybe it would help if we went through the three kinds of policy, fiscal policy, uh, monetary policy, and regulatory policy. In the, in the case of uh, fiscal policy, I mean, historically, the U.S. has usually gotten it right. Uh, in in, in pre- previous to the tw- 21st century, most developing countries got it wrong, especially commodity producers. When their commodity exports were booming, they'd spend like crazy and then uh, and borrow to do it, and then they'd be forced to uh, cut back in the downturn. The U.S. and other advanced countries, on average, used to get this right. But I worry that um, lately we've been getting it wrong. And the most uh, dramatic example would be the the fiscal expansion we've had over the last year uh, with the unemployment rate well below 4% and the economy strong. We've had an absolutely historic departure um, in terms of the cyclicality of policy. So I'm talking about the tax cut in December and I would 
in favor of tax reform and reducing corporate uh, tax rates, but it should have been revenue neutral. It, it shouldn't have been a $1.5 trillion tax cut at this point in the business cycle. And further measures since then, spending at the abs at the peak of the uh, business cycle with unemployment so low. This, this is not something we have done since since World War II, um, since since uh, wartime. And when you, yeah, when you look at the fraction of uh, GDP that was consumed and spent by the federal government, you know, there's that massive spike in World War II, and then it comes back down. And 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 you look at the more recent data, and it's just this slow, steady creep upward. Well, so this is bad timing. I'm emphasizing the business cycle. It's also bad timing because the level of debt is so high. As you say, we uh, we brought it uh, last time. It was this high was World War II. We brought the debt to GDP ratio steadily down until the 80s, and it's been going up since then. But it's it's much higher now than it was in the 80s debt to GDP. So that's another respect in which this uh, fiscal stimulus is ill timed. And the third respect in which it's ill timed is uh, that the, the baby boom generation is now retiring, and we know we're going to have deficits in Social Security and Medicare coming. So it's a particularly uh, bad time to do the fiscal stimulus. But I'm, I'm uh, emphasizing for the moment the, uh, the, the, the business cycle uh, timing. And I worry that it means that when the next recession comes, and I don't claim to be able to predict when uh, that will be, but I worry that it'll be worse than the typical recession because we won't have what, what they call fiscal space. We will have already you know, shot our wad. There won't be, there won't be uh, room uh, if we enter it with such large budget deficits and such a large debt to GDP ratio, there won't be room for us to undertake a, a fiscal expansion like we did in, a, uh, in, in some previous uh, recessions. So to, to... if those things are off the table, in, in a sense, like the levers don't work uh, that w in, in a way that we would want them to because we've been engaging in pro-cyclical fiscal policy, uh, what is the best way to deal with uh, uh, the next downturn, if that's the case. Well, we could also talk about uh, monetary policy, but really, if, if if they don't work, we're in trouble. Now, I think. Uh... The uh, U.S. is not just any country. If we were any other country, we'd be completely screwed, and we would have been screwed in 2009. There would have been no scope for uh, for uh, allowing the budget deficit to go up in response to the recession if we were like uh, most countries, like developing countries. But the U.S. still still does, in spite of everything, still has a, is a special country. The dollar still has a special role in the world, and we are, uh, up until now, we have been able to run... Uh, uh, large deficits with uh, the rest of the world still happy to buy our our uh, treasury securities and and that might be that might still be true next time i mean there'll there'll be a, it'll come a day if we keep uh, abusing the privilege it'll come a day when it's no longer true and the big precedent for that is great britain where the pound sterling was the the world's reserve currency in in the 19th century and up until 1914 and then they eventually lost that position that could happen to us as well but and if it does happen to us and we really don't have the fiscal space um we're we're really in trouble now. There's a possibility that uh, when the time comes, it's the the will because there's a political cycle here. We're we're talking about that people, uh, politicians, uh, forget about uh, fiscal uh, virtue uh, in the boom, and they only remember it in the recession, which is getting things exactly backwards. And my favorite analogy here is. Uh, 
whether you fix the hole in the roof when the sun is shining or when it's raining. And uh, currently the sun is shining and there's this huge hole in the roof and people are saying no problem. But if it's like some past cycles, they'll suddenly get religion and realize it's a problem in exactly the worst time, the hardest time to fix it is in a, in a rainstorm or thunderstorm. That's the hardest time to fix the hole in the roof. To hear you talk about the monetary, fiscal, and regulatory policy and their uh, the cyclicality that should, ought to be pursued uh, it kind of reminds me of like the mid to late 70s where we had, you know, pretty substantial shifts in both regulatory policy and monetary policy. Um, in the late 90s, it seemed like there was an attempt uh, between Alan Greenspan and Bill Clinton to coordinate uh, fiscal policy with monetary policy. Do those provide us any lessons about what the next downturn will uh, give us? Or, or what? How we could better escape the next downturn? Um, I mean, the coordination isn't is, is always useful, but it's not necessarily key to this. Uh, each actor, uh, if they do their their own part, uh, can can address this problem. So, uh, one of the great countercyclical uh, measures that we've taken in recent decades was that during the boom in the late '90s, which so far was the longest boom in, in uh, on record in U.S. history, uh, that the uh, Clinton administration did resist the pressure to spend the money, pressure from congressional Democrats to increase spending, pressure from congressional Republicans to cut taxes, and uh, did allow us to run uh, su substantial uh, surpluses, uh, budget surpluses in the late 90s. That's the last time that that, uh, that happened, and it was in entirely uh, uh, appropriate, and that's, that's really what we should be doing. Uh, doing right now, so uh, the, uh, my generalization that fiscal policy is is in recent years has been unfortunately procyclical. There are uh, exceptions to that, and we should follow them. Jeffrey Frankel is the James W. Harple Professor of Capital Formation and Growth at Harvard's Kennedy School. Now it's time for a shout out to a big supporter of Cato, Roger Barris. Thank you for your support of Cato and this podcast. We accept no government money, so your gift is essential for us to keep doing the work we do. And if you'd like to join Roger in your support of the Cato Institute, visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor.